0: hey loves welcome to the tantric activation podcast with sarah rose the number one podcast for men and women who want to become the most sexually confident version of themselves and have a relationship that is the secure foundation and fuel for every other aspect of their lives tantric activation is for anyone seeking to optimize their potential My name is Sarah Rose. I'm a world-renowned sex and relationship coach and the founder of Tantric Activation. On my website, tantricactivation.com, you can find information about my men's and women's coaching programs. On this podcast, I'll show you how to tap into Tantra to take control and transform your life into one that you're passionate about on every single level. Let's jump in. Down tonight.
1: It's Sarah Rose, and I'm here with Aaron Hickok today, and we are talking about conscious communication, and specifically ways that couples can hold space together and increase intimacy through communication so this is a little different than just uh you know oh well we're talking um, we're communicating right but how to actually have conscious communication so we'll go deep into this and uh but first Erin what is going on lady I am feeling so good
2: I uh, I feel like this year has been like I mean the dumpster fire little thing is like I've been resonating with that but lately I've just been doing my practices like jazzing myself up doing a little Shakti shake and journaling and um, just like doing really great with um, eating foods that are super healthy for me and finally I'm past the point where I feel like grumpy pants (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, and I'm like I feel my vitality is just it's coming back with a Oh, it's like lighting me up. It's great. Ooh,
1: very nice. Yeah. So, okay. You've been doing this online dating. What's going on with
0: that?
2: Ooh, well, let's see. I did go on another date. Um, it was really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know how I'm just a stand for authentic expression and um oh my date said you know you just cannot be truly sincere with people or you'll lose all your friends and um oh wow <laughs> yeah so i mean i just you know i just had to say well i hope you don't mind that i'm going to be really authentic to myself and it's okay with me if People don't want to be my friends anymore because it makes space for people who are going to really appreciate me for who I am.
1: <laughs> Sounds like your date should be listening to this uh, podcast. You can send them the link. <laughs> I think I probably should actually,
2: because sometimes I feel like when I go on dates and it doesn't work out, sometimes they're just like, could I give you some tips? friend but then I actually don't really want to spend my time coaching people I'm trying to date obviously right yeah I love the idea of just like sending them a link to a podcast like hey I don't want to date you but I thought you might find this useful
1: you know though I think it's um that's really there's so much around what he said though that so many people actually really do live their lives like that and you know when You and I and people, you know, that are kind of in this sphere, like we kind of get used to it You know, like this is just our our normal way of being but you start to realize how Like so many people around the world just they don't feel safe to and really that's what it comes down to They don't feel safe. They don't feel like they'll be they'll belong with their friends They don't feel like they'll um you know be loved by people if they really are truly authentically themselves
2: yeah i mean i know i have been like that myself in the past and honestly being this expressed as myself i've gone through i it's kind of like going through waves of like i you know i left a, a certain number of friendships behind right that were toxic to me and i like up leveled and then i had another group of friends and and then when I up-leveled again, I needed to move on uh, from those friends. And I just, you know, I just re- remind myself, like, we're with people for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And sometimes, like, it just makes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit true that, like, some of the people, if you're advancing, if you're growing yourself and moving forward and expanding, uh, but your friends aren't, you know, is it, Do you really want to stay connected to that on a regular basis? Uh, If it's going to be actually holding back your own happiness?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I will say one thing that like has come up for me so much um, this year is just how important my friends are like in this year of, of COVID and, you know, I've had, amazing clients. You know, I interact with clients all day, every day. And then I've got, you know, coworkers that I'm working with. I've got, I've been living in Arizona and I have family around me, but I don't have friends. I literally do not have a single friend in Arizona that I have hung out with, done anything with this year. And I was just like, I miss my friends. Like there is just this certain like quality of connection that you have with your friends that no other type of connection can replace. Mm -hmm. And you know, even with you, it's like, I'm so glad I get to see you over Zoom, but like, oh my God, what would I give for just like a lunch? Yeah.
2: Actually, now that you mention it, Sarah Rose, I think part of the reason why I'm feeling so freaking jazzed is because on Friday, I had a picnic lunch with my friends. On Saturday, my roommates, who they moved out, um, but they came over for family dinner Mm. on Saturday. And on Sunday, I went to an outdoor gathering where we all sat around a fire. So it's like, I'm still maintaining the the social distance thing, but it- because I was actually in proximity to these people, I think this is like why I'm so amped up this week is because I did have that that nourishment of, of proximity. There's something that happens when we're like physically close uh, with, with other people. Like the conversation is like, it's spontaneous. It's not like we, we didn't plan it for a Zoom call. You know, it's not a screen that I'm staring at again. It's real live flesh and blood people. And the thing that I think is really getting me when I did that, that gathering by the fire, I got to meet new people. Oh, cool. How long has that been?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, good. I'm so glad you're getting that. Yeah. We'll have to maybe have you come visit Austin and Get you some nourishment. Oh, I know. Well, exciting news on the uh, on that front, actually. So I'm moving back to New York. Um, Yeah, pretty quick here, actually. So, uh, oh my goodness! So three states in one year, on top of. Covid and just everything else going on. like it has been a fucking whirlwind year, to say the least. So, um, yeah, when I left Austin back in March, like I didn't know I was leaving for good. <laughs> I did not even I didn't even have my my town home packed up or anything. Um, and so, uh, you know, I've been in Arizona with family and, I took care of my grandmother the entire uh, seven months that I was here while she was still alive. And then, you know, she passed on and now it's just like, okay, what's next? And, um, yeah, so New York City, here I fucking come. <laughs> hey, Apple, you better watch out. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. So I used to live in New York, and I have always loved the city so much. And I've got um, my best friend for the last 20 years. She's there. Um, she's more of like a sister to me. She's married now. And I was like, you better tell your husband his, his new little sister is coming and he better get used to seeing me all the time she's like he knows he's excited (laughs) so yeah and then I've got great colleagues there that um I already collaborate with and so I'll get to do more collaborations with them you know once the city opens back up again we'll be able to do in-person stuff and uh you know at some point I would really love to be be able to open up a um studio and be able to do in-person courses and you know have like weekend retreats where people come in and you know we have just uh, again that that ability to be in person with each other Uh, so yeah I'm excited I've got like a really cute place and the location is so amazing it's literally my I could not have chosen a more ideal location. And well, I did choose the location. So (laughs) I did choose the most ideal. (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited. Oh, congratulations, Sarah
2: Rose. I'm so excited for you. You totally deserve this. And I feel like New York City is, girl, this is like a fit. I can just see you setting it on fire. I'm excited. I'll have to come visit you there too.
1: Ah, uh, yes, you will. I mean, and there's just like I've got community there from um like my 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 teacher that I did my certification with for Kundalini yoga and white tantra. There's that community there and um there's like people there from when I was working in the fashion industry so long ago and I'm actually really excited, like, all the press is there in New York, and, you know, just getting to, of course, everything's shut down right now, but I'm just optimistic about, you know, the next six months of, you know, just the, the parties, and, like, getting to wear pretty clothes, and all the things you get to do in a city that, like, they just don't have the same opportunities other places. I mean, New York, London, Paris, like there, you know, there are great cities around the world, but like, there's like, as far as the U.S. goes, you know, there's only like a select few places where you can go and like live and really experience all the the arts, the theater, the amazing restaurants. And yeah, I love it all. sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get back into jujitsu. Hopefully those schools will open up again and I can get back with like, you know, get a new team and uh, start training again. So, huh. so much, so much.
2: <laughs> you look so happy uh, uh, when you talk about it. You I could just see your face just lighting
1: up. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, of course, it's tough to uh, be away from family again. It's felt really nice to reconnect after so many years. But, um, and I will say like, that is one struggle that I've had is like, not feeling like my home is where I grew up, um, you know, and especially since they have such an amazing enormous connected family you know that um they do things together all the time and it's like i love that sense of family um but like i just i don't feel at home here and uh i do i find i feel that struggle in me of like i wish i did you know i wish that like my that i had roots of where like my my roots are but um yeah, it just doesn't feel, doesn't feel like uh, where I'm supposed to be, so.
2: Well, follow your heart, Sarah Rose, I know you will, and um, your desire and your passion, and um, yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes we need to spread our wings and leave the nest, even though, you know, those roots are still there. Uh, Speaking as as someone who I am not going to go live Uh, in my hometown ever again. (laughs) Uh, I like to visit and I love honoring those roots, Uh, but I think that some of us, some of us, it's just like we're, we're
1: destined to be in a different place. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. So, so yeah, anyway, that's uh, been going on, and what else? I feel like there was something else I want to tell you. Oh, I remember. Okay, so At some point, I'll tell you the whole story around this, but I will give you a little sneak preview right now.
2: (laughs) I love a little tease. I'm so ready.
1: (laughs) So I also got back on the dating apps, which I think I told you it's a few months ago. I got off of them. Um, And so I got back on and there is somebody that has just been really, really incredible. And she's in New York and, um, yeah, feels really exciting. So, um, but there's like a whole bigger story around it all, but that's just a little, uh, teaser.
2: (laughs) I love a teaser and I cannot wait to hear more about that as it unfolds. Uh, Mm. Yes.
1: And talking about conscious communication, she's great at it. Like, oh, and what, the thing that I loved on her dating profile, it says, what is your mantra? And she said, to light up the room. Mm. And I was like, aw, yes. Actually it reminds me of you. That's what you do. <laughs> oh,
2: thank <laughs> you. Uh, I can see that I can see that kind of combination with you being like power couple vibes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, anyway. Um we've been working on this in the Man on Fire program. Like I've been giving the guys a lot of communication practices to do with partners, whether they have one right now or not. Um, because What better time to learn how to communicate even before you have a partner? (laughs) So that way you can just, you know, be off uh, to the races and, you know, just right out the gate, be off to a good start. So, um, so yeah, we've, we've spent, uh, I want to say like two or three months on really working around, like being in um, partnership and like really having just such deep intimacy uh, and really what the foundation of intimacy is like, it starts with conscious communication and just creating this container for, um, you and your partner, So that way you can talk and you can feel safe with each other. Um, and when you feel safe, that's when you can really open up so much more, um, you know, and like, it's so, it's so funny because in the conventional way of having sex, we often don't think of like communication as being an important part of that. Actually, a lot of times people are like, I don't want to talk because I don't want to say something that's going to, um, you know, not like that's going to ruin the mood or something. Like we've got these feelings, there's these emotions. We Let's just go into it, right? Like just go with the flow. But actually... Having really open communication um, before having sex can make it so much better because you've already opened the gateways for the intimacy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I've had people tell me that consent isn't really sexy, right? Or talking, ha- t- having a talk about like STIs or things like that. And for me to feel safe, Like that is freaking sexy, like actually sexy. And then there's ways to have communication like around consent. Like I've played consent games before where it's like, you you know, you only do what you ask for or what is offered. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm getting turned on just talking about it, like describing it right now. Um.
1: Yeah, because it really does. Like it opens you up, you know, it just makes you feel more deeply bonded to this other person.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, I've talked about this in another show, but it's definitely in my top three, uh, things that I want out of a partnership. And it's a key quality that I look for in a partner is the ability to communicate clearly. And, um, it does, it, lays the, it just lays the foundation for success in sex, obviously, but every single part of the relationship, you know, if we can trust that we can talk about, you know, pet peeves and also turn-ons and also like emotional things, if we know that we can talk about any of those things, I mean, just imagine the depth of intimacy that is, that's possible. And that all comes from laying that groundwork of being able to communicate.
1: Yes, yeah, it really does. I mean, clearly, it can have the the opposite effect if your communication involves like a screaming match or something like that, <laughs> you know. But you you do hear people say like, you know, the makeup sex is amazing, and so I guess even even there, there can be something about just like that open flow of energy just creates this amazing intimacy. Uh, not saying I recommend this, people, but. <laughs> There may be, there is something to it, most likely. (laughs) I mean, Um, I would argue
2: that tapping into passion is actually what people are doing when they're doing that. And that there's actually really healthy ways to tap into passion where you can get that uh, ferocity. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: Having to scream at each other. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean, you could be also screaming things like, you're amazing. (laughs)
1: Yes, I like that better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, instead of like, I pizza shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like really for for couples to start practicing um and like beginning to have really this this capacity to to talk about things that They usually don't talk to I mean, talk about, I literally am on the phone with people throughout the day, every single day, hearing about their issues and their relationships. And so many people are just like, I'll ask them, do you you talk about this? No, they just don't talk. They don't talk to each other. And how incredibly painful is it to be sharing your life with somebody that you don't communicate with that like your communication is so shallow it's just about all right well you know the kids need to get here they need to get there you know the homework done or the dog needs to go to the vet or I need to go to the grocery store how fucking boring and how fucking painful like to not be able to go deeper than that and so when i'm working with clients it's really around this like what do you really mean like talk about the deeper subjects create this intimacy and like just by it is something that we have to practice because most of us were not allowed to talk in our you know the families that we grew up in like we we didn't really have a a place to really fully express ourselves. We had to, you know, do what our parents wanted us to do. We had to do what our teacher wanted us to do or what the, um, the Sunday school teacher wanted us to do, right? Like we always were like having to shut ourselves down. And in order just to kind of get from the one place to the next. And we carry that with us into adulthood. And so it really is leveling up, developing emotional maturity, um, and just like creating, a, a, a new way of being with each other. Um, so that way we can have great relationships and great sex. Mm-hmm.
2: I think the thing that stands out for me, Sarah Rose, is that being seen is a basic human need mm. to be, to be seen and loved for who we are. And if we aren't communicating that, uh, people aren't actually seeing us. And if the other person, if that's like, if that's the way that the relationship is, then it's, it's going to be flat. Like it can't help but be flat because there's just, there's just not the, the depth, like God. And then who are you, if you're not talking to your partner about like the things that you desire in life and like the deeper meanings and those things that like roll around in your head, like, who are you talking to about these things? I mean, is this all a, a dialogue that we're having ourselves? We're missing out on the, not just the being seen part, but the, the perspective from someone else who really loves us and wants to support us. I mean, it is, and, it, and if we're doing this in our relationships, we're also probably doing this Um, you know, in our romantic relationships, we're probably also doing this in our friendships and in our families. I mean, this goes all the way across the board and communication is just, it is a skill worth practicing that gives dividends and dividends that multiply over time. The better that we get at it and we use it in our relationships, the easier it is, but also the more reward that we get out of it.
1: Hmm. oh yeah and it does it definitely becomes a lot easier um I remember a time in my life where it was so difficult to speak like I could have just been like a fucking mute you know like if and it felt like it felt painful in my body so painful like to you know it wasn't even like I wanted to speak. I was like too shut down to even want to speak at that point, you know? Um, and now like all I fucking do all day is talk. <laughs> I guess I'm making up for lost time.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's similar. It's similar for me. I mean, definitely, you know, you should be seen and not heard kind of thing, you know, when I was younger and uh, similar, you know, church experiences and, Uh, you know, I wasn't always comfortable on camera or broadcasting my voice. I mean, that took a lot of internal work uh, for me to bring that to my relationships, to even know to ask for that. And honestly, I'm still working on it. Like there are definitely things that are hard for me to talk about with people. Like when there is upset, when there is challenge, uh, you know, it's even though i do this for a living and I love doing it. uh, You know, it still shows up as something that is a challenge for me to work through. And I think that's important for people to remember is that it's an ongoing journey and that we get richer rewards every time we level up to that next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, and we don't want to so, so often in relationships, whether it's with friends or with a partner or a family member like we don't want to cause conflict we don't want to cause pain to these people that we love and so we hold our tongue rather than you know creating something that is going to make them uncomfortable or cause any sort of pain um and so that's i think typically where it stems from as well as like this this concern for people that we actually really care about but unfortunately what happens is it just stifles everything it stifles the the intimacy, the passion, it stifles just the the relationship. And at some point the relationship ends up dying because it has been so stifled for so long. It's like if you have a fire and there's no air, it cannot burn. You've got to have that that space. Um, And, you know, so and also just like having education as well around how to communicate is not something that most people are ever given, right? It's just, um, you just kind of follow along with uh, whatever it is that your parents do um, most often, or, you know, your caregiver. And, but that doesn't mean that that's the most healthy form of communication. So really beginning to, um, to find ways to educate yourself to be able to communicate. That's why I love what you do with the cards for connection. It creates a, a a way for people to begin to, um, you know, just to have these tools of conscious communication.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth practicing with everyone. Uh, and, it, and it's an art form. I think that's one thing that's really fun is like, there's the skill part, right? Like we can give ourselves the, the skills of like, well, these are, you know, ways that I can say things to be more clear, or you can learn new words, we can learn to name our sensations, our emotions, like there's these tools and tactics part. Uh, but the part that I find incredibly fascinating is the art of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you're talking about building that fire. It's like, well, there's some cool ways that you can fan the flames uh, yeah. and, you know, different setups of wood is gonna, you know, need different, different ways that you bring air uh, to that. I mean, for me, that that just getting to know people and getting to push those edges around, especially like when there's conflict. Right. Uh, me, that's where the art comes in, where it's I literally check in with myself: like, is this true? Is this kind? Is this useful? Right? That's like my internal dialogue that's going on whenever I'm making a communication. And I alter my communication depending on who I'm talking to, because communication, at least according to me, (laughs) communication is not successful if the person you're communicating to does not understand what it is that you're saying. And so this whole art of, well, yeah, if we use nonviolent communication, then I know exactly how to say that in the proper structure. But I've seen people be very unkind and not have useful communication, even though their structure is, you know, right on. It comes to the intention of it and it comes to like literally that moment. That's why it's art to me is that it's you and that person and there's this connection between the two of you and nurturing that connection. It is. It's, it's an art form. It's going to look different for every single person. And practicing in that realm again and again, that is what is going to give us the best results for ourselves and help us be better and better at communicating our truth
1: yeah what you just said uh reminded me of a spoof that uh jp sears did and it was i think it was called uh, how conscious people fight and it was so fucking funny it's like literally like using all the tools that we know how to communicate (laughs) but like using them in really shitty ways and it was really really funny i'll see if i can find the link to that and uh, add that into to the show notes for this podcast because it was a good one and it definitely is a, a good portrayal of <laughs> what you're just describing <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely actually I think I, that's the one with the family around like it's like holiday dinner or something like that Uh
1: no it's a one where uh he's talking like um they're talking about what the the um, most nutrient dense food is and I think one of them says it's spirulina one of them says it's kale something like that <laughs> so, it's something really ridiculous uh, and I might be getting the vegetables wrong or <laughs> but it's, it was really funny I'm going to check
2: out I'm going to listen to the show again because I could use it <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely going to check that out I love J.P. Sears and uh, yeah I love to share that with my folks as well
1: yeah, it's uh, it was a funny one, but yeah, I mean, like just some basic principles to to use when you are holding space for your partner, um, and vice versa, is to really listen to your partner without interrupting them, um, without heavily judging them, without attacking them, um, and without starting a fight, like. I mean, you would think that this would be common sense, but really it is can be very difficult for so many people to do just these basic things. So, no interrupting, not heavily judging, not attacking, and not starting a fight, Um, but really just to hear each other, like to hear each other's really deep truth. Um, and like when you can be in relationship with somebody and, um, just to, to make space for them in this way, it allows you to feel safe together and you have to have safety with your partner in order to have true intimacy. Yeah.
2: I mean, this is, this. these are the basics to be, these are the basics, you know, for people to be able to overcome any sort of conflict, uh, because if both people are going into it and they're being catty, let's say, uh, what's going to get resolved? How is that going to be useful in helping sort out the situation? I mean, we might feel a little bit better, our ego might, because you know, we, we got the, that word in, we, you know, we reminded them of that thing that they did that one time, but is that really going to resolve the situation? Is it really giving us what we want, like what we deeply desire? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and as humans, we are so multifaceted, right? We have so many aspects of us, but typically we only show like certain parts of ourselves to different people. And when, but when we're in a relationship with somebody and then we're like in this intimate relationship with them, and if we're only showing them like this, this one microcosm of, of our part of, of ourself, then like, we were really just shutting us down to the ex, the potential of having such an expansive relationship. And it's like, yeah, like you might want to have, you know, certain parts of yourself where that you're really just show up as when you're with your girlfriends or with your guy friends, right? Like you don't always have to bring all that stuff into your intimate relationship. But what I'm saying is like, we really just, we shut ourselves down. We really compartmentalize ourselves. And in order for the relationship to keep growing, to keep expanding, you need to make space for all of these parts of you and your partner, right? Like you're your inner child, you know, like how your inner child is showing up in the relationship is something to, to look into and to talk about and to, um, to make space for. So that way, you know, most people have an inner child that's running the show in their relationship. And when you're able to talk with your partner about this, then you can, um, you can create a space where your inner child isn't running the show, but still has a place to feel safe and um, can explore and have fun, right? Like maybe your inner child comes out when when you go on a hike together or you take a painting class together, you know, whatever it is you want to be, but you don't want your inner child showing up to um, take over your sex life and, you know, just go back into like, Oh no, sex is dirty. Sex is dangerous. It's weird. It's scary. Right. Oh, whatever it is. Um, Or it's abusive or um, you know, it's, it's, there's all sorts of things that come up with inner child, but like we need to make space for that in relationships. We need to make space for each other's insecurities and fears and like also just the celebrations and how amazing each other are like are you really celebrating each other when your partner says something that they're excited about do you do you feel that do you celebrate with them like do you see your partner's greatness or do you just see how you know they they fucked up when they loaded at the dishwasher again you know <laughs> because this is often what happens when we're in relationships we just start seeing the same thing over and over. And we're just like, oh, they did it again. They didn't make the bed right. Or they didn't make the bed at all. You know, instead of like... Seeing how fucking hard they were working and the accomplishment that they did create. Um, you know, not to say that sometimes we're in relationships with people that are just lazy as fuck and you know, maybe you need to find a new relationship is up that, if that's what you're dealing with. but <laughs> like when we're really with somebody that like it is there and there's there's there, there's like depth, right? And you've got. You've got something and you want that something to stay and you want that something to become greater, then you've got to start communicating and celebrating and just holding space for all of these different facets of your partner because that's one of the main reasons that people end up having affairs is because they want to express another part of themselves that they're not able to express in the relationship. And so if you are shutting yourself down or shutting your partner down, then you're really opening yourselves up, your relationships up for more infidelity. So, you know, it's, there are real repercussions of not having open communication.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it's the root of I mean, anything that's going wrong in a, in a relationship, like either, I mean, I would say that with, with clear and open communication, uh, then everybody can make a clear decision whether or not it makes sense to stay together. And if it does really have a clear idea of where where we want to go as a relationship, uh, you know, l- looking at it fr- from that perspective, I mean, <sighs> I see, I mean, I see people sometimes just not, like not actively appreciating one another. Like what a difference just words of affirmation makes in any relationship. And the crazy thing is I have seen it work incredibly. And the person who was writing the affirmations about the other person they weren't even saying the affirmations to them. They were just rewriting their own script in their own head. And the entire relationship changed. Like literally the person started doing the things that that they wanted them to do and taking more responsibility and like helping clean around the house and things like that. I mean, it's it's amazing these subtle cues because there's the direct communication, there's the communication to ourselves, and there's also all the nonverbal verbal communication and we got something up in our heads, like it is showing on our face. It is showing in the way that we're behaving with everybody.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And also just, you know, our perception of what people are doing also, like if you're only look, what you're looking for, you're going to find, right? (laughs) You can be in a room full of silver. And if all you're looking for is that one piece of gold, you're not even going to see all of the silver that's around, right? And whereas like all of that silver could make up so much more than that one little tiny piece piece of gold that you're hunting for. And not to say that that gold is invaluable, but just there's so much more, like there's so much. And, but when we're just looking for, you know, the same thing over and over and over, like, okay, well, you know, they, they didn't take the trash out again, like, okay, I get it. Like that could be really annoying, but, and we need to figure out a way to make sure the trash goes out on time. But like, there's, can we also see the other things that our partner is doing as well?
2: Maybe they emptied the dishwasher instead (laughs) uh, and then rubbed your feet for a while and the trash wasn't as, as important.
1: I mean, things like that have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an active process, you know? It's definitely something to to work on and continue with. Um, and if the first time you try, it doesn't work out the way that you wanted to, like, don't just give up and say, oh, this just doesn't work, right? It's something um, that you got to keep going through. And relationships, successful relationships, they are work and it doesn't mean that it's all like just work and no play you definitely want the play but you've got to put in the effort to like have the amazingness and in like having incredible conversations with your partner that open up intimacy and connection like that actually to me feels like play that feels so much fun it's not this like oh god like i'm dreading this this is the drudgery of existence you know <laughs> it's like no this is so awesome that we get to to take this time you know i remember one relationship i had like we would sit out by the creek in austin and um we weren't doing uh, your cards. You hadn't even created them yet at that point, Erin. but we were doing like other communication exercises that had like different prompts. Um, And like, it was fun, you know, we would just go out there and we were just hanging out enjoying the sunshine and the water. And talking with each other and then like we'd end up having amazing sex you know and so like it's it's something that can be a really positive aspect of your relationship but you know I think so many people they think of like oh we have to have a talk like when your mom says it's time to have a talk you know? <laughs> and again that's the inner child running the show mm-hmm. Yeah, I think actually, so if we
2: want to have, because I think of inner child in two ways, there's like the shadow version and like the golden version, right? And so if we're flipping it from the shadow version to the golden version, the number one thing that can just be such a game changer in in any sort of communication is curiosity. Mm -hmm. Just approaching things with a playful curiosity. If somebody says, oh, we need to have a talk. Well, if I was approaching that with playful curiosity, I'd be like, ooh, what are we gonna talk about? Do you wanna tell me now or should we wait until we actually talk? Like the whole attitude and approach to that, it diffuses, it diffuses, things that could be uncomfortable. It has the other person feel just like more, you know, able to be welcomed in their communications. And it, it makes it kind of fun. Like, even if I approach that and I had a difficult conversation with someone, um, I'm gonna be able to handle it better. I'm gonna be able to, to see the possibility and see how it's in support of me if I'm coming from that mindset of curiosity, of, you know, playfulness
1: yeah, exactly. It's just and you know, we have these patterns. I think that's what I was referring to is like the inner child, just the patterns from from childhood that show up when we're adults. Like I recently had a, a family member ask just ask me if I wanted to go for a walk. And like, I immediately had this sense of dread come over me because, and I realized when I did some investigation around that sense of dread was I just remembered when um, my mother would want to have a serious conversation with me, it was, let's go for a walk, you know, and like then on the walk, it would be like whatever it was that she needed to address with me. And like, I just realized like how I still carried that sense of dread, but I didn't just allow it to, um, come up and not be, um, you know, looked at, like I, I felt into it. Why am I feeling like this? Does this make sense in this situation? No, absolutely not. (laughs) And there's no reason for me to feel this right now, you know? And so the more we're aware of our, our patterns and the things that we have from the past, you know, the more we can, uh, And that's just consciousness, right? Just conscious awareness of of who we are, um, can help us just live more more empowered lives where um, we're making control, we're in control, making decisions rather than being held back or still just following in the patterns that we that we have. Like sometimes those patterns may not fully go away. Like they may still show up over and over, but you have the awareness to be able to act in spite of them or despite them rather than just, you know, okay, well, this is controlling my life. Like, oh no, I'm not gonna go for a walk. I'm terrified of you, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Or like go for a walk and be like, oh, I'll shut down. I mean it's a silly example, but we 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 really do these things.
2: Yeah. I think that, I mean, the thing that comes to mind for me is, is letting our partners know like how to love us best. And for me, part of that is like letting them know things that I need. For example, like communication styles is like a great thing where, um, Jason Gaddis has this thing where he calls it uh, a wave or an island. Right, and so wave communication style is that they're going towards uh, as much as possible. They want more intimacy. They want more communication. They they want it. They want it. They want it. And the island is like, I need time for myself. Uh, They're backing away from communication. They they need that space to process. And while the the wave, it's almost like they're processing while they're talking. Uh, That's like their form of processing. And I see, you know, with couples sometimes this is like a serious uh, issue in their relationship. And, but when each other knows that about each other, the wave can say, Hey, I understand that you need time for yourself to process this. Uh, when, when can we talk about this? Like, can we talk about this later tonight at, mm-hmm. at eight o'clock after your thing? Um, and the person who is the island, you know, they can say, Hey, I, I, I know that, you need to talk about this and I respect that and I want to talk about it with you and right now I need at least 15 minutes to just get myself back together in this space so we can have that conversation
0: mm. well, if we
2: know that and we communicate that and also when our partners know that about us then we're actually able to not only depend on ourselves to self-regulate, but we have a partner who's committed and we know each other's stuff. And so instead of pushing each other's buttons until we're yelling at each other, like there can actually be a rule, like, Hey, emotional check-in, like how triggered are you? Like levels one through 10, like anybody could call a check-in at any time. Mm. And then, then we know like oh the person who's like more triggered like they need whatever they need to get them down to this level so that then we can meet and we can resolve like whatever the conflict is and do it with with kindness and have it actually like if we're doing that on a regular basis we're well practiced at it we can see what comes up or our partner notices it i mean we're gonna it's not going to be having the same fight again and again and again and like the blow up all over the place. It's going to be like, "Oh, let's calm down and then we can talk about it and right. resolve it much more quickly than we would if we were just skating past that or, you know, poking poking fun at our partner and blaming them, you know, right. for their trigger. Like if they own their trigger and they know it, well, don't we want to help them out and right. help them be in a calm and centered
1: place?" yeah absolutely and you know i also i find like with couples it's it's good for them to create like a sacred space where they're having this communication happen it's like it doesn't even have to be a, like a physical space, but like, here we are, we are entering into this sacred space right now where we are choosing to consciously communicate and like have ground rules for that space that you're in. Like don't interrupt your partner. Don't start coaching your partner. Don't try to fix your partner. Don't judge your partner. Just hold the space and just really, practicing active listening purely 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 listening um you know because if you start interrupting or doing any of these other things then you know like we are violating the sacred space that we have created here and so like for the couples to to set these ground rules and to know really specifically what it is that they are they're they're doing when they're here and like also being committed to, um, just to, to going deep, right? Like it's no, there's no point in having this space that you've created, committing to do it if you're not going to go really deep. Um, and so that can be a challenge and it's something that, you know, sometimes we need practice at, right? But if, Sometimes people get really resistant. Maybe they want to like make jokes or something instead. Um, but like really just having that commitment of no, okay, we're here, we're doing this, and we're going to 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 just fully go for it, to have the the deepest fo- possible experience that we can have right now. It sounds like that's
2: that builds that foundation of trust. Yeah, it
1: really does. Um, but I would like to see what the cards have in store for us today.
2: You mean we're going to consciously communicate?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please.
2: Oh, I love that. I actually just want to point out one thing that I really love um, on the cards. I actually embedded on the instructions uh-huh. uh, seconds, uh, for green, wow. yellow, and red.
1: Nice. And
2: I put those on here because not only are they great in group settings, uh, but just like we were talking about earlier, where if I can say to my partner, hey, I'm in yellow, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. Gosh, I mean, that is just a game changer to be able to catch it a little bit early. I mean, obviously, you know, when we're in red, we're like super triggered, but
1: wow, it is such a cool tool. Totally. That's great. You're just amazing, Erin. I want everyone to have happy,
2: healthy relationships. I am on this planet for that. I am on this planet to help us have conscious connection with each other and to help us have radical self-expression. I believe that the entire planet is best served when you and every single human is in our fullest most beautiful divine expression and I believe that it's possible.
1: It's totally totally possible. And it can be fun. Oh, absolutely. It's so much fun.
2: Yeah. So, speaking of fun, do uh, do you want to pick a color, or do you want to tell me when to stop? stop. Uh, and stop. Right. Oh, oh, oh! Ooh, I got a double! A double! Oh my gosh! Okay, I've got. Well, let's start with this one, the red one first. My body feels ready for sex when?
1: Hmm. Pretty much always. <laughs> like I would say the only time my body doesn't feel ready for sex is if I didn't get adequate sleep like sleep actually comes before sex for me. Um, and, but as long as I have had plenty of rest, then I am usually ready for sex. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, yeah,
2: I would say sleep's really important to me and also like food and water. Like if I'm hungry, I'm like, I get a little cr- grumpy. Um, but one way I was actually really excited to discover. So I'm, I'm like very sensitive. Like I'm, I'm ticklish. Like I can even tickle myself by doing this. Mm. Um, and I found out that if I, if there's like, like something emotional in the way, or there's like, I'm like mad about something like, like if sex is off the table, I'm actually not ticklish like wow. it's not pleasurable. I've had, I've been mad in a relationship before and they, you know, they're trying to seduce me and it's like no tickle sensation at all. So I feel like my body feels ready for sex when I am ticklish. <laughs> when
1: I'm ticklish, that's so great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say like one, probably the one thing that turns me off the most is just um, being pressured for sex like if I'm really distracted by something or like I'm really busy with something and then or if I have a deadline and somebody's pushing me for sex at that point like I'll get pretty mad about it like just leave me the fuck alone like I've got to get through what I'm doing and then you can have all of me but like (laughs) that that does really irritate me I don't like to be um I don't like to be pressured in that way.
2: Yeah, me neither. Uh, definitely not into that. Although I will say that I do like, like a little bit of tease, like while I'm cooking or like if I'm doing something and it's like a little sexy text message, it's not like saying like, Hey, let's do this right now. It's like, Hey, I have this on my mind and I'm excited for later. Like that that is like
1: an incredible turn on and that's all about communication. Right. Right. Yeah. But I've definitely seen how people can almost use sex as like trying to, um, like as a way of trying to get attention or try and make themselves feel like they're important and like more important than whatever it is that you're doing instead of just being like, Hey, like there's a time and a space, right. You know, like I've been, I've been in situations where like, I've got to get ready for a class. And like the person that I'm dating is like kind of jealous that I'm like giving more attention to what I'm about to teach rather than Giving attention to them, and so then they try to initiate sex at that point, and I've literally just been like, "It's time for you to leave my house right now." <laughs> Clear boundaries. And- yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> I'll be done at 9 p.m. and I'll see you then. And if not, then I'll see somebody else at 9 p.m. <laughs>
2: This is good. Clear communication, clear boundaries, and respect. Not just for me and my body and my individual self, but also for the things that are important to me. Yeah,
1: definitely.
2: I feel so passionate about this, what you just said. I'm just like, are you missing out, person, whoever this is? Yes. How about another card? Okay, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. All right. Oh, dare we go there. A mind-blowing sexual experience was. Oh, God. I feel like
1: this card comes up a lot with us. (laughs) I mean, I could pick a different card. A mind-blowing sexual experience. Do you have one off the top of your head? Have I told you the one about the cake yet? Yes. Yeah, the cake was... Amazing. I have one. Okay. So there is a, um, a jujitsu guy that I have sex with him and his girlfriend from time to time. And like, she, Oh my God, her fucking ass is so incredible. Like when I first saw her ass in person, I was like, that actually exists. Oh my God. Like, I was like, give me the fucking ass. (laughs) And he is so good in bed. I typically don't like threesomes very much. It's not that I don't like them. I enjoy the novelty of them, that they're just something different to do, but they're not usually my favorite type of sexual experiences. But he is so fucking good in bed. He's the only guy that I've been with in a threesome that can satisfy two women. And like, Oh my God. He, we, it's amazing. Like he will like have us both squirting all over the place. Like he can have us both squirting at the same time. And like we have literally just fucking drenched hotel rooms. And, um, Oh yes. Like I the last time I had sex with him like he came all over my face and it got like some of the cum got in my eye and I literally got like I got an eye infection from it and I had to laugh about it because like his testosterone levels are just <laughs> through the roof and um I was with uh I was with somebody like Day after that happened, and I was just like, What is going on with my eye? And then I was like, Oh my god, come must have gotten my eye. And um the guy that I was with, he's like a PhD, uh, men's sexuality, and he also does BJJ. And I was like telling him about this, he's fucking laughing his ass off. He was like, He's like, Yeah, you uh you got some major testosterone in that eye, and <laughs> like he, he knew like who I was talking about and everything. And it was really funny. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, those are some amazing mind-blowing sexual
0: experiences. <laughs> hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode and to find out more about how you can work with me until next time lovers. down tonight yeah.